Here's another inspiring message from Northside Community Church, Sydney. Most who are going to be watching this message uh, are watching throughout the week or online. Maybe you're watching this message because you're feeling the title of what this message is. You feel lonely. If you're in the room, we need to recognize that on average in any given week, at least double the size of this room will be watching this message through these cameras here and so if I'm speaking to you online this morning I just want to cut to the chase because knowing how we are online we're going to get 30 seconds to get the message if you're watching this you're probably feeling lonely and I want you to get that Jesus gets your loneliness but he doesn't want you to stay there and you don't have to stay there that's what we're going to talk about this morning because have you ever here in the room have you ever felt alone in a crowd Ever, ever felt alone in a crowd? Maybe you've been there, maybe you've been invited to, you know, to a party that you don't know anyone else. Am I starting to trigger people already? Been alone in a crowd? Maybe you've been a bit like me, uh, the types of events that I absolutely hate going to. And I know it'll surprise you given my extroversion and just the ebullient sort of guy that I am. Um, but I can't stand networking events. I hate going to networking events. And uh, I, I remember going to a particular event in the city and I went in there and there was not a soul that I knew. You know, these ones where you go that you're going to meet new people, that's the whole point of a networking event. And so I get all suited up, I get my little name badge, I get in there into the room, get a little glass of champagne because it was one of those fancy events and I look around and there is not a soul that I know in the room. And so as a result, uh, the fear of God started to just well up in my stomach. I felt nauseous, my skin started to pulse. Uh, I could feel my breathing getting heavier, and so I did. I did what every, what every extroverted public speaker does when they get into that type of situation. I went straight to the bathroom and I hid in the toilet <laughs> on my phone for about half an hour. Anyone ever done this? And, uh, yeah, there we go. We've got a few fellow sort of introverts, and right. I think within that, it it strikes into our souls, uh, one of the things that we fear the most in life, and that is being alone. And isn't it true that we can be surrounded by people? Maybe you're feeling that today. Maybe you're sitting in a crowd of people. And maybe church for you is as terrifying as a marketing event. <laughs> network marketing event. In fact, that's kind of what church is, isn't it? You just turn into a room full of people that you don't know and you're terrified. What do I say to these people? Did I, ride the, did I wear the right stuff, right? But we have this fear that we never outgrow, this discomfort of being alone, this discomfort of not knowing and not connecting and not belonging to other people. And I, I think it comes from this felt need that we've all got, that we crave, and we're craving, we're thirsty for this at the moment. People are desperate for this with the two couple of years that we've been through. But real, life-giving, authentic relationships. Have you wanted that? Like that, that friend that you can call when life's not going the way that you want it. That person that you can call upon that kind of knows you so well that they not only complete your sentences, but they kind of know how to do the thing that you need without you having to ask the thing that you need. You know, those sorts of friends. We desire that, but the challenge is that loneliness is a real problem in our society at the moment. You know that a recent study by Medibank revealed that two out of three of us find it hard to identify loneliness, not only in other people, but in ourselves. 
we don't know what it's like when we're feeling this sense of loneliness. Most Australians will experience loneliness at some point in their lives. Over half of youth and young adults report feeling lonely. Just under half of seniors report being lonely. And get this, and this is going to sound kind of morbid, right? But Google it. You can look it up. It's going to sound a bit down this morning. But there are studies that show from CDC that air pollution, for example, increases your odds of dying by nearly 5%. Obesity increases your odds of dying by nearly 20%. Excessive drinking increases your odds of dying early by 30%. And then get this, loneliness. Loneliness increases your odds of dying by 45%. It's an issue. It's an issue that we all feel. Famous Australian actor Hugo Weaving said this about loneliness. So when you're alone, you can become lonely if you feel that no one loves you, that no one wants you, no one cares about you. You may as well just not be here. I think the, the challenge that we have when we get into this season is that there's something about this season at Christmas that brings loneliness to the forefront for people, Right? Uh, there's, it's like this um, image, you've got that there, Peter, of, you know, this sort of kind of, we all think that Christmas has got to be this happy image of people around the, around the table, that we're just doing Christmas and everyone's just going to be happy and fine. But this is how we feel. What I want to say this morning is Jesus gets your loneliness. If you're feeling lonely, Jesus gets your loneliness. If the message of Christmas is that God became a human... We see in the life of Jesus that Jesus experienced loneliness all the time throughout his ministry. Uh, you might be the sort of person who's got a geographical loneliness at the moment. Your family's not here with you. You can't be with them. Jesus gets you. You might be the sort of person this morning that was outcast from a group. Jesus gets you. You might be the sort of person that feels like no one cares for you. Jesus gets you. You might be the sort of person that feels like no one sees you. Jesus gets you. And I'll, I'll give you a couple examples because you think I just, that's what I say. You know, that's what the preacher says. You know, Jesus gets you, which can sound like such a Christian cliched statement. Right? You're feeling lonely. We go, oh, Jesus gets you. Right? But take a look at some of the examples of his life. For example, Jesus got what it felt like to have family rejection. You see in Luke 4, all the people in the synagogue were furious when they heard this. They got up, drove him out of the town and took him to the brow of the hill on, the town that, on which the town was built in order to throw him off the cliff. Pop quiz class, what, what was the town? Nazareth. His town. His hometown. And not a town like Sydney that's got like five million people in it. It was a village in Monday, Palestine. They kick him out of the synagogue. The synagogue's not some mega church. Like the synagogue could barely fit 80 people in it, right? So can you imagine the sense of Jesus being driven out of the synagogue and people trying to push him over the edge? And as he's about to be pushed over the edge of this cliff, he's like, Uncle Jacob, Auntie Ruth, what are you doing? <laughs> right? This is auntie and uncle. You know how we say that? You know, particularly if you're Australian-born Christian. You know, auntie, uncle. You know, like that's, this is family, friends here. This is, Nath- like, this is the whole town. This is the people that he grew up with trying to drive him over the cliff. Jesus got family rejection, if that's what you're dealing with this Christmas. <laughs> Jesus also understood the loneliness of leadership. 
of leadership, particularly in management. Maybe you lead a team. Maybe you lead a business. Maybe you lead a family. But particularly those that, that have led businesses and teams over the last couple of years, Jesus gets you. Look at this. He's leading his team. He had a team of 12. A good reporting number by all management books. And his team of 12, on hearing this, many of the disciples said, this is hard teaching, who can accept it? And aware that his disciples were grumbling, he says, does this offend you? And then as a result, we see that 120 people in John chapter 6, 120 of his business desert him. And then the 12 of his management team are around him. And he turns to them and he says, you don't want to leave me too, Jesus asked the 12. Jesus gets you if you're in leadership and your company's not going so well and everyone else is turning upon you. And it's real. I, I spoke to a, a CEO of a small business this week and she was in tears. Not part of our church through a, a mutual friend. She has 300 people reporting to her. She has a company in the States. And she's in tears saying, Sam, you know what? Pe people just don't get it. They think in my position, I've got to take all the crap that I'm not allowed to respond as if life's not hard enough, I'm human too. That's you. <laughs> That's you terrified that your employees or your management team or your staff don't get what it feels like. That is one of the most encouraging verses that I find in the Bible for those of you that are in leadership. <laughs> Jesus gets me. <sighs> Jesus gets the loneliness of leadership. Jesus also gets the loneliness of unsupportive friends. Have any of you had friends in the last couple of years that have let you down? Friends that you thought should have been there. Friends that you wanted to be there. Friends that you kind of put in their post to say, I'm going through a really tough time. Can you just hang there for a little bit? I'm going to need you. I'm going to come back to you. Can you just be there for me? And Jesus has been in the situations where he left his friends with him and they didn't show up. He says, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Can you guys just stay here and keep watch with me? And what, 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 hap what happens? Jesus goes back to find them sleeping in the garden when he needed the most. Have you had friends that have let you down? So has he. He's felt the loneliness of family rejection. He's felt the loneliness of leadership. He's felt the loneliness of friends letting him down. Jesus gets you this morning. To which, like, everything in my mind, I'm such a practical dude, I go, oh, that's nice. <laughs> that doesn't help me, Sam. It's, it's kind of nice that he gets me. Thank you, Jesus. Um, how does that help me? And I, I, think, I think for me, on one hand, yes, it's nice to know as we've been talking through this season that God gets me. I love the fact that the God that I worship is, is the only God who comes down to earth and lives the human life and has been there before me. And, and there is some comfort in that. That's what we talked about in week one. But, um, but for me, when it comes to this issue of loneliness, it's not enough. There's got to be something else that I'm able to do about it. Uh, because we still crave these relationships, right? So... How, how do we build some of these different relationships and how are we blessed in a way that fills the loneliness hole in our hearts? So Brené Brown, you've seen her TED Talks, Netflix, a whole lot. Uh, she says that the heart of loneliness is the absence of meaningful social interaction. 
And the key word there, you know, underline it, circle it, if you've written it down in your notes, is meaningful. Because I know you, you all do social interaction. You do all sorts of social interaction. Some of you, I envy you, you have like a thousand friends on Facebook, right? You are like really popular. You are so popular. And you've got like a thousand photos on Facebook and you guys do all sorts of really cool things. Like you text each other funny videos. You text each other, you know, you, you slip into each other's DMs. Is that what I say, Kristen? Is that a good or a bad thing? I have to ask Scotty. He's in the whole social media. Is that good, Scotty? Okay, you're right. Okay, right. That's all the things you've got to do as a pastor to remain relevant, man. You know, so people slip into your DMs on Instagram. You know, they send you a funny meme, you know, of like some cat or something like that that cheers up your day. Like, don't you feel so fulfilled when you get that? You know, others of you have got friends that love you so much that when they go out to a restaurant for a fancy meal, they're thinking of you so much, they even take a picture of their food. Because you obviously were at home or by yourself, you know, rugged up watching Netflix, thinking, I'm wondering what John's eating for dinner tonight. Thank goodness he took a photo of his food for me. There it is, right? And you all are feeling so fulfilled, aren't you? Because you have so much social interaction. What we don't have is meaningful social interaction interaction. Don't talk at the levels that we need to be talking. We're not sharing at the levels that we need to be sharing to enrich our souls and to lift not only ourselves, but our friends out of the loneliness that they feel. You can see where I'm headed here. This is not just on others to solve your loneliness and it's not just on Jesus to say, I get you this morning. He's given you a solution to this and we see, we see this. I think if Jesus were here speaking to you, he, and he is, by the way, through his Holy Spirit. But if he was here on this stage, Jesus would say to you, I get your loneliness. And if you're feeling lonely, the first thing that you do, if you're a follower of mine, is be a friend to someone or be the friend to someone you want them to be to you. Um, one, of the, one of the saddest parts of the pandemic for me as a pastor was to watch how many of us got so self-absorbed in our own little cocoons that we were so grieved and hurt that no one called me. No one spoke to me. I was waiting there in the lounge room and the phone didn't ring. You might be feeling like that online at the moment. No, no one's with me. And I get the grief of all of that too, but I want to, you to ask the honest question, were you the sort of friend to other people that you were hoping were going to be to you? Because a mystery happens that when we move beyond ourselves, out of our own sort of little pity party and all of that, when we move into this space in which we are a friend to other people, something mysterious happens when we give of ourselves and we begin investing in other people that you find, guess what? People start giving back. The very fact that you engage in something beyond yourself is the very thing that draws you out of the sense of your loneliness. Be the friend that you want someone else to be to you classic example beautiful example of someone not wallowing in their own little solo space of waiting for the phone to ring is that um one of one of our guys who's he's probably watching online bex up in woi woi one of our members up in woi woi bex um dials into super connect with us he called me up during the week and he's got no one to spend christmas with right and so th there's the first step he calls me up right <laughs> not there waiting for Sam to call him up. He calls me up and, and he says, you know what, I don't have anyone to spend Christmas with on Christmas Day. It's just me and a ute. 
Has Northside got a bunch of hampers or things to deliver to people on Christmas Day? Because I just want to cheer them up. So I'm going to drive down from Woi Woi on the Central Coast and I'll pick the stuff up for you and whoever needs it delivered, I'm going to deliver it to their house. Can you think of a better example of someone who is wanting to be the friend that they want someone to be to them? I wonder how he's going to get blessed out of that. Here's the other one. And you're going to think it's a stitch up. And it probably is. I'm a pastor. There's always hidden meaning in what I do. You know, if you're feeling lonely, then for heaven's sake, find the sort of place that is full of potential friends. And I heard this pastor once. He's always saying at his church, you know, it's the sort of place where strangers can become friends and friends can become family. <laughs> it's a stitch up. That's a stitch up because we didn't invent that. I didn't invent that. Jesus invented this. And it's so powerful because it shows you this morning, particularly if you're not a follower of Jesus, that Jesus might get you. Jesus might have been through the sort of loneliness that you felt. But the thing is, Jesus doesn't want you to stay there. Jesus created the sort of place that solves loneliness. And it says here in John uh, chapter 15, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this to lay down their life for one's friends. And then he says, you are my friends. You're my friends. I want you to get this, particularly if you're not the religious type. Jesus did not come to leave a book. He came to leave the solution to loneliness, which is this, community. <laughs> community. And I know some of you who are watching online, you can't be here and you desperately want to be here and this is the very thing that you're missing. I know that some of you are watching online and this is, you kind of think that, well, you know, I can just have a faith all by myself and it kind of doesn't matter, it's between me and God and yet you're feeling lonely. Find yourself, and it doesn't have to be here, find yourself the kind of place where it is full of potential friends. And the way that you get those potential friends is you be a friend to those that you want to be a friend to you. I don't know. There's something within me that I hear all of that and I go, yeah, that's a stitch up. That's a stitch up. And if you're slightly introverted like me, because that's the secret, I'm actually an introverted extrovert. So I love my own time. And I love loneliness, don't I, Kristen? We've got a, we've got a favorite phrase in our marriage called alone time. I love alone time. You know, I am that sort of person that loves my own space, but I find when life hits you in the way that is unexpected, when life hits us the way that it's hit us in the last couple of years, you want to know that there are people who know you and see you. And I think part of the challenge for us, um, particularly Christians, right, is that if we're real with ourselves, there's something kind of safe in loneliness too. Don't have to be vulnerable. Don't have to invest your time. Um, don't even have to go to church. Don't have to get in the car. Don't have to do your hair. <laughs> don't have to put your risk of being hurt. So I want to ask you this morning, you know, what is it that's holding you back from these types of unloneliness relationships? Because you can hide. You can, because so, so many of you are good at doing that. You can hide. You, you can find all the snazzy little social walls to put up around you whilst also making it looking like you're intensely popular. Just keep taking photos of your food, right? <laughs> right? We could do that. But if you're anything like me 
And if you're anything like Jesus because he was a human being, Jesus craved real, authentic, life-giving relationships and he found it in 12 and then he invested into those relationships and those life-giving relationships changed the world around them. Not through a book, not through social media posts because it wasn't there then, but through unloneliness and through his community And so, what is holding you back this morning for the community that you were created for? Not just the church, but one or two or three people in your life who truly get you. Is it pride? Is it fear? Is it time? Is it investment? Is it past hurts? What is it? And here's what I want you to do as we finish up this morning. I want you to take a relationship audit. This could be scary for some of us. As we move into communion time, I want you to think of the relationships that you have in your life. And I want you to think of the key people that you have in your life, the friends that are there for you. Do you have friends that are there for you? Do you have friends that you could call when you need them most? But most importantly, ask yourself, to what degree am I being that type of friend to them? Because the deep mystery is, It's got to start somewhere. And you and I know that the draw of the world is to get sucked into ourselves and our own type of life where we just sit there waiting for everyone else to give it to us. And Jesus says, no, 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 no. Look, the good news this morning is I get you. I get what it's like to be lonely. I get what it's like to be rejected from family. I get what it's like to be lonely in leadership. I get what it's like for friends to let me down. But if you are a follower of mine, I am calling you to be the sort of friend to other people that you would expect them to be to you. It starts with you. It starts with you. And the deep mystery of all of this is when you get that and when you invest in that, you'll be blessed by that. And maybe just maybe you won't feel so lonely anymore. I'm going to pray for you because I recognize uh, many of you this morning... Um, You're missing family, you're dealing with family estrangement, Um, you have had friends that have let you down, there are relationships that no matter how much you audit them can't be fixed within the next week of Eve week. Um, I get that, as your pastor I get that and I feel for you in that, most of all Jesus gets that. May that comfort you this morning, if you're brave enough beyond that or you're in this space to be able to think beyond that, then by all means, do your audit this week. But as we take communion and we take the bread and the cup, may it be a tangible reminder for you this morning that Jesus gets what you're feeling at the moment. Let's pray. Father, I would ask that if there be anyone within the sound of my voice, particularly those that might be listening in through this message this morning, they might be on a podcast, in the car or by themselves, might be listening through some headphones on a train or a bus on the way to work. Might be late night and somehow they've stumbled across this message on YouTube. I would dare to believe that in this moment, Father God, this in and of itself that they're hearing this, to them, Father, is a tangible demonstration that they're not alone. That there is a God who loves and cares for them, but most of all, that Jesus gets them. And I pray for them in this moment, Father God, those that would hear this a week or two weeks or four weeks or six months after this moment that we have together in this room. 
that they would know that they're not alone. And if that is you in this moment, please know that you can reach out to us here at Northside. You click the links on your YouTube video that you're watching below. If you're hearing this on the podcast, you go to northsidechurch.org.au and you get in touch with one of the pastors and you find a community that is full of potential friends. You are not alone this morning. You are not alone when and wherever you are watching or listening to this. For the rest of my fam, Father, as we head into this Eve week, I pray that you would strengthen hearts that are hurting, those that are missing family overseas, those that can't be with family this Christmas those whose family don't want to be with them this Christmas, those whose family won't let them be with them this Christmas, friends that have let them down this Christmas. Lord, would you take these hurting hearts and by the power of your Holy Spirit, would you allow them to soak in the comfort of your love and your presence with us in this moment, I pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Well, thanks for tuning in. If you'd like to find out more about Northside, visit northsidechurch.org.au.